Hello, all of my grandchildren and grandkitties. Grandpa here from Grandpa's Tales of Terror. We are about to listen to Knuckle, alternate final chapter. I hope you like it. Now close your eyes and let your imagination carry you into a world of fear and horror. <laughs> Nicholas stepped out of the closet, not wanting to wake. Patricia. He paused before leaving the bedroom and gazed at her. To see her sleeping soundly was comforting. Reaching over her, he pulled the blanket up and covered her with it. Opening the door quietly and closing it, he headed down the hallway to where the girl's bedroom was. Opening the door, he looked at the two of them. Thinking in his mind and everything that had happened to him, the curse, the emotional pain of hurting people, knowing that you were the cause. He thought of the dreams, his mother and father, their pain and his, not being able to be with them. Nicholas did not want it to continue. He loved his girl so much, he did not want to take the chance of this happening to them. Slowly, he took the girls and carried them one at a time to the garage. If they woke, he would just tell them that they were going for a drive. Putting them into the sedan, he put the seat belts on them. After clicking them in, he then started the engine, looked at the girls one last time, and closed the driver's door. Nicholas went into the living room and sat on the couch. Patricia was dreaming. She was in a field, and the sun was warm and bright. Birds were singing. Butterflies were in abundance, and the fragrant smell of flowers was in the air. Suddenly, the birds started falling from the sky, landing on the ground, dead. The flowers started to wilt and turn black. The butterflies also fell to the ground in the hundreds. There was a high-pitched, intermittent sound she could hear, which was pulling her out of the dream. Opening her eyes and trying to focus, she realized that the high-pitched sound was coming from her phone. Sitting up and looking at it, it was the CO detector in the garage, notifying her that the detector had been triggered. Getting out of bed and opening up the bedroom door, she could hear what sounded like a motor running. Walking down the hallway to the door that went into the garage, it definitely was one of the vehicles parked inside. As she was about to open the door, a hand reached out from behind her, keeping the door closed, and Nicholas asked her, what was she doing? Startled, <gasps> Patricia turned around and asked why he was keeping the door closed. He answered by saying that he was doing the right thing. Patricia angrily asked him what that was. Nicholas looked at her. She noticed his eyes were the darkest they have ever been. Nicholas then said what his mother tried to do to him. Patricia knew what he meant right away and yelled at him to open the door. He stood there and shook his head. No. Patricia pushed him backwards and unlocked the deadbolt and was able to partially open the door, but then Nicholas's hand slammed it back shut. He grabbed her and threw her onto the kitchen floor, saying that he was ending the curse. Patricia screamed that he was killing their daughters. Stop it! They were only five years old, and how could he do this? 
Again, Nicholas said he was protecting the girls so that they won't suffer what he is going through with the curse. Patricia retorted that they don't even know if either of the twins would even be affected. Nicholas said he wasn't going to take that chance. Grabbing a knife out of the knife block, Patricia told him to get out of the way. Nicholas grabbed a cast iron frying pan that was sitting on the stove and told her he wasn't letting her rescue the girls. Patricia lunged at him, slashing at him with the knife. Nicholas blocked her with the frying pan. She lunged at him again with the knife. Nicholas hit the knife out of her hand with such force, the knife ricocheted off the cupboards and stuck into the floor behind him. Patricia saw the knife in the floor, and as Nicholas approached her, she pushed him back with all her might, causing him to take a couple of steps back. As he did, he tripped over the knife, making him fall backwards, the frying pan flying up into the air. Nicholas landed hard on the floor, and then the frying pan landed on his head, knocking him unconscious. Getting to the garage, Patricia opened the door, the smell of exhaust slapping her in the face. She immediately opened the overhead garage door and activated the exhaust fan that had been installed in the garage. Within seconds, the exhaust smell was gone. Carrying the girls out of the sedan, she stayed with them until she knew that they were okay. Walking back into the kitchen, Nicholas was slowly regaining consciousness until Patricia hit him again with the frying pan. Groggily, Nicholas opened up his eyes, trying to get them to adjust to the light. He saw Patricia sitting on a chair looking at him. Trying to stand up, he found that he was unable to. Looking down, there was a rope chain around his waist which was also wrapped around the base of the bandsaw. Focusing, he realized that his wrists and forearms were zip-tied together. He tried to bend his arms, but was unable to due to the duct tape holding his elbows together, taped in such a way he couldn't bend them. His wrists only a few inches away from the blade of the bandsaw that was in his workshop. Rope had been tied to his arms, one before and after the duct tape. The other ends of the rope were being held by Patricia. Looking at her, Nicholas asked what she was doing. Patricia told him that she wasn't taking a chance of him ever again, trying to hurt the girls or anyone for that matter. He asked what she was going to do. Patricia replied that she was doing the right thing. Walking over to him, she put duct tape over his mouth and turned the bandsaw. Sitting back down in the chair and holding the rope in her hands, she started to pull. The twins' 30th birthday had come and gone with no indication that either of them were going to suffer the same fate as their father. A couple of years after the 30th birthday, Nicholas got up from his bed in his room at Hillsbury Sanitarium. An orderly had knocked at the door saying that he received some mail. Opening up the slot in the door, Nicholas took the letter with his stumps, which had the envelope stapled to it, due to all mail being inspected beforehand, and sat back down on his bed and started reading. 
since his request to have visitation privileges had been denied 25 years ago, the letters were the only contact that he was able to have with the twins. Before starting to read, Nicholas overheard the orderly say that his mother, Martha, also had received some mail. Their rooms were beside each other. Beginning to read, the letter stated that one of the twins was getting married. As he read the rest of the letter, he looked at the picture of his daughter and her fiancé, which had been included. There was also a postscript, which congratulated him that he was going to be a grandpa. Martha's letter was identical, but congratulated her that she was going to be a great-grandmother. A sound of anguish could be heard throughout the hospital, accompanied by a laughter that had never been heard before. The letter to Nicholas's dad was never opened.